This podcast is brought to you by our patrons. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. This is your beer, liquor, and other beverage news for the week of January 23rd, 2021. Wines in space! GTV says size doesn't matter. Consumers may disagree. Firestone Walker is harnessing the sun instead of Firestones, I guess? Jim Beam courts beer drinkers by insulting them. All this and more on Have a Drink News. I'm Justin Fraser, and I'm Christopher Walker, and let's get right into it because we haven't done one of these episodes in like two months. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I can still read. Space from returning is vines and wines. Oh crap! <laughs> uh, no, SpaceX shipment of wines and vines is returning from space. Uh, so uh, this is coming from Vine Pair. They say Houston. We have Splashdown. Nah. Researchers uh, spent the last year aging wine and grapevine cuttings in space, and now the cargo is on its way back to Earth. The experiment is aimed to test how chemicals within the wine would change while orbiting Earth, uh, as well as whether, uh, the, whether hundreds of grapevines would be able to survive in the unfamiliar climb. Uh, man, just, just imagine just coming in, you know, like... <laughs> We need, we we need someone who's trained as both uh, as uh, both vineyard owner and astronaut. That Venn diagram has to be small. Yeah. Yeah. Jean Luc Picard, where are you? It just sounds like a movie too. Like <laughs> it's really making for like a, a slower paced, stuffier version of uh, The Martian. What if mm. what if they uh, discover that of- that. Wine made in you know zero gravity just like is like four hundred percent alcohol. <laughs> just wrecked. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. It's, it's, I'm just saying like, what is it? What is the other one? Um, not gravity. Oh. Interstellar. Yes, the the Matthew McConaughey one. Okay, that's for some reason that this that's what he like, falls in the black hole and it's just full of. Wine. No, you're thinking yeah. what it sh- what you should have been thinking of is 2001: A Space Odyssey, where like <laughs> they open up the 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 obelisk and it's like, my God, it's full of vines, <laughs> and it's not only just grapes but also defunct uh, social media platforms. Because <laughs> of 2001. Anyway, the team sent 320 Merlot and Cabernet Sauvignon uh, wine snippets. Vine snippets. Uh, it's going to be that kind of night. Well, I'm just like, staring at it going like, V, how did you betray me like this? <laughs> uh, and also just thinking about the fact that, that W in French is double V, because it's in fact two Vs, not two Us. Uh, 
Uh, anyway, uh, the twelve bottles of Bordeaux to uh, and twelve bottles of Bordeaux to the International Space Station, uh, according to the Washington Post, the cargo should arrive uh, in the Gulf of Mexico on Wednesday night. <laughs> Just picturing them. Do you want to put odds on if those bottles are intact? And they, they gotta, the they gotta, they gotta like of... bubble wrap those things before they they put them in there, right? Because I'm saying somebody probably drank them. Uh, the wines will be sampled at the end of February in Bordeaux, where France's top sommeliers and wine experts will gather for a tasting. Mm. <laughs> and then we'll never hear from it again because they'll have discovered something wonderful that they don't want the rest of the world to know. Because France. Uh, Space Cargo Unlimited's uh, CEO and co-founder, Nicholas Gaum, uh, will be one of the lucky few to taste the wine. To emphasize this project was especially important to him, he believes it can help scientists expand agriculture beyond Earth's atmosphere, especially as climate change becomes more serious. Uh, he explained to the Associate, uh, Associated Press that being French, it's part of life to have some good food and good wine. Uh, the experiment was privately funded, at the, and the cost remains undisclosed. After February's tasting, the wine will remain. Uh, will see months of chemical testing, and many are eager to see how they age. Uh, I mean, sure, yeah. They do end here with more and more high-profile wine sellers being raided. Perhaps the moon can provide a safer home for the world's most expensive wines. That's a teaser for later. I don't I guess. get this. Why not? Yeah, because they've tr- they've been tempting with the beer, and they're just <sighs> no. Look, it's never gonna like it's a stunt. I get it, and it's just kind of like science testing. Like, well, what what effect does this have on these chemical processes? Hey, that's that's what that's that's the reason the ISS exists is for us to put stuff up there and see what it does. I mean, it's, 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 it's just, the will it that bl- is just science, literally. It's, like, it's <laughs> the will it blend of uh, low Earth orbit. <laughs> uh, like God, now I've got a strange planet comic in my head. The, the, the science fair one. Oh, the, the, this is. I was wrong many times. Yeah. I documented it. <laughs> oh, this is science. Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I'm just kind of, I just kind of like the idea of them. Just seeing what happens. I, I know you're not going to find anything necessarily groundbreaking, but you know you you gotta you gotta try it at least to see what happens. Uh, it could lead to something really interesting. I don't know. You know, next step we got to poop a lot on Mars and then start growing. I guess potatoes first, mm. and then then probably. If you fine. haven't seen that movie, I'd terraforming just... Mars to to grow grapes. That how we're gonna have to terraform Mars, by the way, just pooping on it. Yeah, got a right. lot of yeah. a lot of people up there. I feel like pooping on it and, and then putting potatoes there is basically how you're gonna have to p- terraform Mars because pota- aren't potatoes like actually able to like like they're one of the things you do for crop rotation where it's like no, this will kind of put some nutrients into the thing so you can grow something else afterwards. Or am I thinking of peanuts? Yeah, it helps. It helps uh, restore certain nutrients and get. Other things out of the soil. I, I, I'm not I exactly got sure. Oh. <laughs> it's like it's that it's potatoes or peanuts. It's something with a P. <laughs> well, you know what doesn't have a P. Uh, I mean, depends on how empty it is and how long the drive is. <laughs> Say the TTB. Uh, so we've uh, we've all got to deal with uh, smaller smaller bottles of whiskey, probably and liquor. Yeah. So. Um, 
With 700 milliliter bottles now permitted for whiskey in the U.S., there may soon be a greater variety of allocated offerings on the shelf. In the final week of 2020, the TTB quietly announced it would now accept additional additional (laughs) standards of fill bottle sizes for spirits. Normally such minutia wouldn't be particularly newsworthy, but one of the newly permitted sizes is stirring excitement among whiskey lovers. Most of the world uses 700 milliliters as its standard spirits bottle size, Mm -hmm. rather than the 750 milliliter bottle that's been the requirement in the U.S. With 700 milliliter spirits bottles uh, now allowed, along with a few other sizes, whiskey drinkers may soon be looking at a wider array of options on the shelf. All right, I see what they're saying here. Because at first, all I was thinking of, like, look, all of the American bottles are just going to shrink. That's just what they're going to do to us. Mm. Uh, but but they're saying perhaps now we will import. More bottles mm-hmm. of other stuff. Okay, that's that's less terrifying news. With 700 milliliter bottles now an option, Adam Brands plans to introduce new Scotch whiskeys like the character of Isla Range, which is in this nice picture, to the U.S. market. Uh, 700 milliliter is especially relevant to American Scotch fans who have long missed out on rare or highly allocated whiskeys because, for many companies, the extra cost of producing and filling a different-sized bottle wasn't worth it Mm. on such a small scale. Mm. This change allows us to introduce the majority of our global portfolio into the American market, uh, including brands like the character of Isla Whiskey Company and Darkness. I want a scotch just called darkness. It yes, believes in a thing so, called love. Just listen to the rhythm of its wheat. It was quoted from Juan Mark Coria. I don't know. Uh, global head of sales at Adam Brands, the UK-based company, which focuses on niche spirits, has dipped its toe into the American market through its uh, That Boutique E Whiskey Company arm. <laughs> It has been hampered by the 750 milliliter requirement. We will be changing. I hate the name of that, mm-hmm. by the way. I imagine. Yeah. I, I completely <laughs> refuse to purchase anything from them if I they're going to keep using that. I mean, the, you say that, but then they give you something that you really want. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. I'll buy, there's a lot of, when it comes to Scotch whiskey, there's a lot, actually, that I want. And something, a name like that could uh, just make me go. Buy some I doubt that more I, brutalotic. I doubt that boutique whiskey company is going to be listed on the on the thing. Yeah. It might be. I don't know. I, who knows? Well, they're saying they're really excited to start exploring new bottlings that have been uh, hugely popular in other markets. Mm. Mm. So that's a. Uh... You can really dive into exactly what this means. Like there is, like, like as we're bringing up so. It could cause a trend downward in the size of your whiskey bottles here in the States, but would the price change? Probably not. Uh, we've noticed that already. Some like They've already been removing age statements, and the prices have not gone down with uh, you know, an age statement removed from the bottle. Like They keep taking from us. Yeah. And so and it is happening with some bottles. They're like, oh, here's a new bottle design. It looks fancier. And you're like, it's actually like, five ounces short of what used to be in this bottle for the same price. And they're like, congratulations. It looks nice though. Yeah. So I'm also just trying to, more... I'm just trying to picture how much of that 
that is. I'm just like, man, how like 50 milliliters doesn't, doesn't sound necessarily like, like like a lot. It's apparently like a little over one and a half ounces. It could be. It just could mean a a, a bottle design issue. Like if they've been using the same thing for quite some time. Yeah, and it's going to give an opportunity. Again, like what I'm excited about is what they're pointing out is a lot of international brands can now just apply for the label and they ha- like they can just literally import what they've already made. They don't have to try and yeah. come up with a new special bottle just to get it in our market. Yeah. Uh which which will be cheaper for them. So it it does it does help improve, I suppose, uh importing. It's just uh, my first, my knee, my knee jerk reaction is I'm just looking over all my bourbon going like, I'm going to have about an ounce less of you. <laughs> like they're just going to like, Oh, okay. I just don't have to fill you anymore. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> well, nope. I got nothing. Brittany next story. <laughs> it's like, how are we? Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, so in completely different news. Uh, Firestone Walker just added a massive solar array and canopy on site. Wow, that picture, though. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Firestone Walker Brewing, which we've talked about on the show, I think, several times now. Um, great beers. They worked with Duke Energy to complete one of the largest on-site solar arrays in the craft beer industry. A 2.1 megawatt solar array and 281 kilowatt solar carport on 9.7 acres. Uh, this is in Paso Robles, California? I'd be more impressed if it was 1.21 gigawatts. There it is. The arrays will generate the majority of the brewery's energy, which is enough to brew and bottle 6 million cases of beer annually. That many, All right, then. That many million cases, not a one makes it to us. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> like... A little less excited, but good for them, I guess. Um, so uh, it was the painless process that th- they could have hoped for. Um, this is a representative from the company. Um, the on-site solar single-axis trackers and carports were made possible through the collaboration of two Duke Energy subsidiaries. Um, they uh, designed and built the solar project, and then Duke Energy uh, Renewables, which is apparently, I guess, some kind of offshoot of Duke, Provided Firestone Walker financing through a 25-year power purchase agreement. Oh. So that's ooh, that's an investment. Good job, <laughs> good for them. That's that's um, that's time for uh, for that financing to uh, you know have a better rate on car insurance by the time it's done. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so the uh, it features ground-mounted single-axis trackers that maximize solar energy production. And it's projected to generate 4,055 megawatt hours of electricity in its first year. The second 281 kilowatt array consists of a solar carport spanning 14,000 square feet (coughs) just south of the brewery, increasing the brewery's total solar production to 4,570 milliwatt hours of electricity generated in its first year. Megawatt hour. Why did I say milliwatt? Good lord. Okay, uh, I was very, admit, very, big, very big difference there. Yeah, <laughs> mi- 450 milliwatt hours. I was like, man, for for that much extra Nothing space, that's a uh, yeah, that's a bit. Uh, what are they What are they using for there. What are they using for solar arrays? Just like some <laughs> dude out there with some tinfoil, like I got this. 
Uh, but so in its entirety, the solar insulation is enough to offset 3,231 metric tons of carbon emissions. So that's kind of a big deal. <laughs> um, so good for them. That's freaking awesome. Yeah. And of course, California. I'm sure they're also getting like a massive tax credit for this, but um, that's still, that's like, I can't get over the picture also. Like that's, wow. That's a lot of solar panels. It looks like I just, like it looks like I need to take a giant hand and just run my hand down them just to hear them go. It's like playing with like the blinds or something like, like I just, I just want to run a hand. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. Uh, that's a problem. We can't keep the neighborhood kids out. <laughs> the giant cats just come in there and they just get lost in the. Yeah. They're just like all tied up in the solar panel array, like. Uh, uh, well, speaking of things that are dumb, like that analogy I just made. Uh, <laughs> We're full of the the segues today. <laughs> Uh, Jim Beam has just rolled out a new national campaign to uh, encourage bored beer fans to take a break from beer and switch to a refreshing Jim Beam highball, or as I like to call it, a peanut tail. Jim Beam bourbon is kicking off the year by finally offering drinkers a solution to their, quote, beer boredom. they're a refreshing and highly sessionable Jim Beam highball. Oh, pardon, Jim Beam highball. The highball cock. No, no, you. It's okay. You can go ahead and <laughs> let that out. The, the thought of a Jim Beam highball uh, uh, makes me gag a little too. The highball cocktail, which is made by chilled Jim Beam bourbon uh, with ice and ice cold, highly carbonated ginger ale. It's made just for you, Brittany. Uh, is the perfect alternative for those who are bored of drinking beer but find themselves ordering another one on autopilot. Uh, the new marketing wow. campaign launched uh, launching nationally this month encourages drinkers to add uh, the Jim Beam Highball to their repertoire and order one when looking for a light and refreshing option instead of their next beer. And, you know, to get even drunker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Campaign first aired on January 4th in the new TV spot, Need a Break from Beer, running across mo- multiple national news, uh, entertainment, and sports networks, and will run nationally throughout the year. Now, if you watch this commercial, which we're not going to probably not going to show because it's not worth your time to actually see. Oh, they actually have the description here. Viewers will immediately recognize their... Uh, Spot uh, uses classic beer tropes found at any local bar to inspire drinkers to make their next round a Jim Beam highball. Viewers will immediately recognize a traditionally dressed German couple encouraging uh, an order of a Bavarian-style Hefeweizen, an old, mysterious man uh, pushing a dark, heavy brew, and a pair of hipsters, goat in tow, playfully offering a super-filling IPA aged with goat's milk. That's dogfish head. <laughs> no, because they probably wouldn't use goat's milk. You're right. It would be human. <laughs> there would be breast milk. Uh, no, uh, their their newest one is the uh, Hazy O, which uses oat milk. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. But, yeah. Um, like I was watching the commercial, and I just went, oh, oh God. Oh, God. <laughs> is the guy offering the stout Rasputin? Yes. <laughs> It's except okay. white hair. He's in a black oh. shirt and he's got long white hair and beard. And you're like, yep. Oh. And the uh, the highball thing though, like 
you lost me at the ice and the bourbon. What are you doing? Just stop it. Uh, and then it got worse with the ginger ale. It's just insult to injury. I mean, I like ginger. It's fine. If there was perhaps a better bourbon that we were using for this, this <laughs> might be an okay drink. Uh, eh. But uh, but yeah, watching the commercial, I'm just like, you know, this just reminds me of that uh, uh, Budweiser ad from a few years ago that just filled me with rage where it was like, you know, we drink Budweiser here. We're not here about your frou-frou, whatever, your weird... Oh, oh God. Yeah. I'm like... And this this feels like it comes from the same place, except they tried to at least be... They tried to be funny, where the other one was just, like, in your face, like, insulting the other one, but I'm just kind of like, uh. Yeah. <sighs> Look, Jim Beam, your your stuff stay, tastes like peanuts. You're, you're a bad bourbon, and you should feel bad. Like, mm-hmm. just move on. Give up, Suntory. You make better things than this. They do. Facts. <laughs> well, speaking of giving up, I don't. I don't know. It, it's uh, not uh, not wine, <laughs> though. They don't make wine. No. Um, this week in wine heists <gasps> or alcohol heists. <laughs> no, no. Well, okay. It is the, our category was probably alcohol heists, but I'm just <laughs> yeah. saying, fine pair is listening. Specifically, wine again. <laughs> fine pair is listening. They they Thanks. they're listening to the show and they are taking our categories. Well, uh, thieves in France have targeted a hotel 50 miles outside of Dijon in the Burgundy region, stealing over $600,000 worth of wine in two possibly connected heists. I love that they use the word heist. I'm just like, yes, I just picture like such a, you know, certain time period movie situation. Talking all this France and heists, and I'm just like, where's Lupin? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, man, I watched another couple episodes of of the one on Netflix today. That's unrelated to what we're doing, but I'm just kind of like... <laughs> unrelated to what we're doing, but uh, that, if you haven't found the dubbed French Lupin series that's on Netflix now, you need to go watch it. it it's actually really... It's like real fun. It's kind of like the Sherlock thing that the BBC did, like There's... updating it and modernizing, but it's... He like the books exist in this. Yeah, which is and confusing like and, and, and a problem for me. But it's <laughs> what I what I at the end of the day really enjoy are good heists. I like mm-hmm. I I like the the how where the, where are the clues letting us know how this thing is getting pulled off. That's what I love the oceans movies. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, I've got to get into this I, aside. I get, we're we're just getting <laughs> we're going there. Okay. Um. Oh crap! What was the name of it? The the redneck oceans 11 oh uh luck lucky something logan lucky logan yeah. lucky oh i've been i want to watch daniel that. craig it, yeah. it is hilarious it is it was channing tatum adam driver and daniel craig it's and there are more people in it than that but those are the but main like those cast. Are the, and yeah. it's an adam driver like i couldn't like 10 minutes in i was like i went to high school with this guy <laughs> It's like no, if you know the not, region, not actually of... Adam Driver, but the person he's playing. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. You're just like, oh god. But it's, I, oh, it's like Wes Anderson directed a like trailer park Ocean's Eleven, <laughs> and you can't get over it. Like the 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 first ten minutes is just the most depressing thing you've ever seen in your life, but you're still cracking the hell up. Because Adam Driver plays a one-armed veteran, oh. he lost his arm at the like at 
<laughs> he has a nub. And it's oh, a oh. pretty good uh, CG thing that they do for his nub. But it's so good. And he plays so dumb. <laughs> uh, okay. Between that, honestly, between that and and um, Knives Out, like J- Daniel Craig needs all the things, like all the awards. I feel like this happened. was uh, Daniel Craig practicing his to kind of get an American southern, southern accent. Yeah, because of the, this was a hick. Like he went hick southern, and then Knives Out went you know formal draw. Yeah. All right, back to the story. Okay. okay. <laughs> this is how. This is what happens. This is why we haven't. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, when was this written? Because this is early on Monday. I don't see a date. Sorry. Uh, January early 8th. on Monday morning. So uh, uh, early this month. Okay, uh, a team made off with nearly two hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of wine from the Domaine de Rumska Saint. Uh, that word. Saint Jean de Tretzier Hotel. I'm guessing, that, and that last part was butchered. But let's move on. Yeah, I no idea what that last word is. Uh, according to an article published by the Drinks Business. Nice name. Uh, the robbery was discovered after the thieves escaped undetected. Oh. Yeah, it, it was like, movie! Uh, a second team broke in early the next morning. Some speculate this group could have been the same individuals who broke in before and made off with another $427,000 in wine. Uh, this time, the burglary triggered an alarm that woke the owner of the hotel, allowing him to follow the team's van while calling the police. No. Oh my god so good you guys so they got greedy and yeah they got cocky essentially someone told them to lay uh, low they, they can't do the same plan again for a few months and someone just went in yeah they, the they young really hotshot kid on the team ruined it for everyone <laughs> uh, we, we know how this goes uh so a patrol car was able to catch up with the thieves once they hit the a6 motorway so super european uh, leading to a high-speed chase. Oh, <gasps> the team began throwing bottles out the van <laughs> at their pursuers, <laughs> though no bottles hit the patrol car head-on. The thieves later crashed after trying to speed through a toll booth, but they were able to flee on foot and abandon the van full of stolen goods. <sighs> this heist follows a string of wine-related burglaries in France, including a 20-bottle heist worth $60,000 at the uh, Cause de Talavant wine store in Paris last October. Late last year, police tracked down another wine stealing network network with locations in the uh, Gironde. Those words. There are other places. And, and recovered over $6 million in stolen goods. Jeez. Police are still searching for three suspects connected to the car chase, as well as the initial haul stolen from the hotel. But they- Oh, the first, the first one. The first one, yeah. I'm just picturing oh. like the second attempt. Like they're like they've got more stuff, but all of a sudden they're like, "Oh God, they're on to us!" Uh, quick, just chuck it at them. Get them, get them off our tail. <gasps> but oh. don't they know? Throw, yeah. those, throw the zooms. Oh, <laughs> oh I, I was say, don't they zooms. know the? Don't they know the uh, vintages and that were stolen? But it was if it was like two van loads yeah. they, in one wreck, so that like the first, like yeah. the second set is like destroyed. Theoretically, I mean, a van. Well, they were chucking bottles out, and they ran on true, foot. True. So unless they were just like holding armfuls of bottles of wine, in which case it would have been pretty easy to catch. Mm. Like the the whole second van is destroyed. But what I was gonna say is it. I feel like you'd be able to try and track those bottles that were stolen. Yeah. Like, cause if it, any of those bottles came up for sale on a secondary market, 
it would suddenly be pretty sus. Well, I mean, d- it depends on what you're doing, because usually for that sort of stuff, you're, you know, th- there are fences that act as a third party who will hang on to it till the heat dies down and then offload them to the person, to whoever they had lined up for it, or, you know, have a, have a, a connection for it while these people did the, you know, there, there are ways that this would work. We've all seen yeah. movies. Like if and if nothing else, this if this isn't a movie, this is gonna be like such a good episode of insert name of law show here. <laughs> Look, it's I, it's a case of deja vu. I have that, and we have another. I was case gonna say I have vu. no idea how we can top top that. Uh, redneck deja vu. Mm. So I, I first saw this story and I was like, wait, didn't we do this story? I was like, what's the date <laughs> on this? Am I seeing an old story? No, 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 it's a new story. With a twist. Because the last story we saw about a floating tiki hut and a Florida man was when a floating tiki hut barge full of Jesuit priests rescued a man drowning in the water. <laughs> Didn't make this stuff up, guys. <laughs> it, was now, a, it was a good story. Florida, I, I, I like to picture Padre SJ just among them going like, let's get this man out of the water. <laughs> Well, uh, they say the early bird gets the worm, but sometimes he also gets arrested. <gasps> On January 13th at 8 a.m., yeah, that was terrible, the U.S. Coast Guard found a man slumped over the wheel of a stolen floating tiki hut. The hut, <laughs> the hut was reportedly stolen by cruising tikis the night before and offered little shelter for its captor. Yeah, look at the picture of it, and it's just like... Yeah, nowhere you can really hide inside that. Looks like the Coast Guard just taking the thing out for a spin. Uh, The Miami Herald described the vessel as basically a bar under a tiki hut on a floating deck. (laughs) It said it was recovered with visible burns. A can of lighter fluid was found beside a partially melted VHF uh, radio and residue from a coconut (laughs) that had been lit on fire. Obviously. (gasps) Why are you Joanna that's on fire? I don't know. Joanna Slythe, uh, one of the owners of Cruise and Tiki's, explained the thief probably built the fires to stay warm and added he started many fires in cup holders and water jugs. It melted a lot of stuff. <laughs> the man, uh Tylen Earl Morling, twenty six of Independence, Mississippi, was found intoxicated and alone. I know that feeling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The Coast Guard arrested him on a felony charge of grand theft as well as misdemeanor charges of resisting arrest and false identification. Grand theft tiki. (laughs) After exclaiming, I'm not going to jail... And listing heart problems. <laughs> is I'm not going to jail like on the Florida man coat of arms. Like if all of Florida man is yes. one, one family, it is just like you look on their crest and it just says, I'm not going to jail. Yeah. Well, he listed heart problems as why I wasn't going to jail. And they took him to a, the Lower Keys Medical Center. Once there, he tried to fight officers from his hospital bed and was eventually tased with a stun gun. This is literally, this is the living uh, Randy Marsh. When he was, yeah. I have heart problems. I have have heart problems. Tase him. 
right in the chest. When he was removed from the hospital, Morlang uh, struggled on his way to the patrol car and was then placed in the Stock Island County Jail without bond. Apparently, the floating stolen tiki hut is a popular way to bring your own booze cruise around the Florida coast and powered by a 30-horsepower outboard motor. What could go wrong? (laughs) A similar model full of Catholic priests floated up Lake George a few months ago and managed to save the life of an unsuspecting kayaker. Uh, the last sentence with great, great power comes great responsibility Circles and back. floating tiki bars continue to catch on it will be up to their passengers to decide whether to use them for good or evil oh we god. have to do this oh god yeah, like no, uh, we have to we have to ever find somewhere down in florida we, we we just have to plan something yeah. like an outing and go like plan, plan a disney thing when we can go you know we're on oh, this. It's fine. That, that's fantastic. Wow. Fantastic. That's, and what a great way to end the show. Like You know, I thought nothing could top wine heist, but there it is. Tiki heist. High speed chase of the thieves of tiki bar. chucking <laughs> bottles of stolen wine out of a van at the cops. And then, no, you have drunken man setting a tiki barge on fire. <laughs> Maybe he was trying to give himself his own Viking funeral on his way out. Uh, and then he just got just, too drunk and passed out. But it was like the it lit, lit jugs and cup holders and stuff on fire. <laughs> like, oh, I get warm. Okay. You're in Florida, man. You're in Florida. It's cold out here. What is it, like 60? Nut up. Calm, calm down. Give a man fire. You'll, you'll keep him warm for a day. Set, Set a, a man, man on, on fire. fire. He's warm for the rest Keep him of his warm life. for the rest of his life. See, we ended so well, and you guys did that. Okay. It's a horrible joke. It makes me feel bad. Ah, okay. Ah, Terry Pratchett. Rest in peace. So, we'd like to remind everyone that this is our news-only show, but we also do a weekly long-form show discussing the science and history around what you drink. If you like what you hear and you want to support Have a Drink, please go to patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. And we will see you again in another couple of weeks for our next live episode. But once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. We'll see you guys next time. Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> I want um, the yes no button sounds on yes, on yes. our soundboard. Yes, yes, yes. No, no. Uh, just giving Casey a heads up for me.